Today's episode is going to be an exploration into the blockchain. What is the blockchain? How does it work? What are the use cases for blockchain? And why is this technology so revolutionary, even beyond cryptocurrencies? Enjoy. Welcome to the Crypto Labs Experience, where freedom to us is simply non negotiable. This podcast is dedicated to helping you take your power back and create your own version of financial freedom. Join us as we surf the blockchain and explore the world of crypto, DeFi, and the future of money. Buckle up and enjoy the adventure. So today's episode is going to be fairly educational. We're really diving deep into the blockchain. Now, I love my job. Like, I love being a teacher. Because it forces me to take complex things, whether, you know, I'm, I'm coaching and teaching within business, within marketing, within the psychology behind, you know, sales, marketing, the entrepreneur themselves, their interstate, or crypto, blockchain, you can go deep down many rabbit holes. And the more you know about something, oftentimes, the more difficult it can be to explain because you know it's not the complete definition or explanation. So today's going to be an awesome test of explaining something that can be very complex, aka the blockchain, and simplifying it to here's all we need to know about the blockchain. And if we can understand this simple concept, then I think, at least from my experience, what I see happen a lot is people's eyes and brains like open and explode to the potential use cases and the areas of opportunity within, you know, quote unquote blockchain. So I think the easiest way that I have found to explain this, and it's so funny because the first time I tried to explain it, it took me like an hour. Now I think I can get it down in like two minutes. So the, the, the conventional typical way of explaining a blockchain is that it's a distributed digital ledger that stores data. Simplest way to explain it. It's a digital ledger that stores data. Let's break that down. Digital ledger. I think that the easiest way to explain this is, let's say I have a tally. Let's say I have a Google Doc and I tally certain transactions just for fun. Now that can be any kind of data, by the way, stored in a block. We know, we typically think of the blockchain as Bitcoin that stores transactions and, you know, accounts of Bitcoin, units of Bitcoin. But there are, there are so many use cases for the blockchain, storing NFTs and, and different data, and we'll get into that in a sec. Think of a Google Doc, and let's say that I give you $1, so I record it, and then you give me $2, I record it, and then I give you $1.50 back, I record it. That's a ledger. And instead of having that ledger in one central place, like in a bank, or let's say I have a ledger, it's on my table, and I record all the transactions, guess what? Someone could break into my office, someone could break into the bank, or a corrupt party, I could just change the transaction and say, hey, you actually only have $2 and I have 8 I have full control of it. Even if I'm a good person, someone could break into my office and change it. There has to be an element of trust. We have to trust the bank. We have to trust the government and the voting system to secure the data and to process the data accordingly. We have to trust Facebook. We have to trust Amazon to keep our data secure. 
Through the blockchain, it's a distributed ledger, meaning that let's just say I've got 10 people who are nodes, and we'll get into that in a second, who are validators, who run the transactions, who verify the transactions. And now if I say, hey, I'm going to change this balance to $3 because you gave me a dollar and it increased my balance into three and it decreased your balance into one. I can't just approve it. The majority of, and we'll just go people for now, the majority of people who also have access to that document have to review it and have to say, yes, that's true, and approve it. Once it gets approved, the data is put into the block and the ledger is updated. Now, if I'm a, if I'm doing something shady and I try to change the transaction and everyone else is like, that's not true, that's not what happened. Nope, that vote didn't come through. Nope, that's false. Then the majority says, no, that's not true. And I get kicked off the network. I lose access to the Google Doc and the transaction doesn't go through. It's the simplest way to think about it. So it's a distributed ledger. We talked about that. It's a distributed ledger that stores data. A lot of people, again, think it's only currencies and you know transactions that are stored. But it's not. And fundamentally, what makes that so exciting is that it's not some sort of database that's maintained by like in one location by one you know centralized authority. There are many copies, we're talking thousands, but there's many copies of that ledger. And it's completely transparent, it's completely trustless, meaning there's no trust involved. I don't have to trust that the bank's going to do it. And to to just add to that, it's no wonder why it's called the blockchain. There's a string of blocks you can think of it as linked up by chains. And every blockchain works a little bit differently, so I'm not going to get too deep into all the different types of blockchains, but that's 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 fundamentally all we really need to understand. And in those blocks, there's data. That data can be of any kind. It can be transactions, of course, like on Bitcoin, but it can be NFTs. It can be proof of ownership for cars, houses, deeds, data, photos, doesn't really matter. And a lot of companies are using blockchain. A lot of governments are starting to use the blockchain because it's much more transparent. It's much more honest. And again, it's trustless. And so we'll talk about some use cases in a second here. One last thing we just need to touch on is you'll hear the word node come up a lot. Now, if you if you look up the word node, it's not it's not just used for the world of crypto or blockchains. You know, You'll, you'll see it used within the brain. You'll see it used within different types of networks. And that's all it really is. It's a player. In this case, it's a computer that is part of the network. And it will validate certain transactions. So they'll either verify, confirm the legitimacy of new data coming into a new block. Now, if the majority of the nodes say, yep, this is true, then the transaction gets pushed through, new block is written, and wham, bam, done. It's on the ledger. Everyone can see it. You can literally look up the hash. I won't get too deep into that, but you can literally look up the transaction. If I send you something, all we need to do is get the hash data or get the wallet IDs, and we can start going down and seeing the transaction. There are a few blockchains that remain anonymous, but most are very, very transparent. Like Bitcoin's very transparent. People are like, well, criminals use... Bitcoin. Criminals are stupid for using Bitcoin. 
because it's very easy to track them down. And there's, you know, government organizations and, and uh, you know, parts of, I'm looking for a word here, units, I guess, of you know, police or whatever, digital police, whatever they call them, to go and hunt this kind of stuff down. And, and these people are, you know, found and quote unquote brought to justice. And so the, the, the final note I just want to leave with you when it comes to nodes is typically, generally, by verifying a transaction, by being a part of the network, you get rewarded. And so I think generally we think of miners, proof of work, and we'll do a future episode on proof of work, proof of stake, and a few other con consensus mechanisms, algorithms. You get rewarded. And so miners, who also work as nodes, get, when they verify a transaction, when they solve the equation, they get rewarded. Fair enough? Or, you know, on, on a proof of stake, you can join and stake your coin, and that's how you get rewarded without getting too complex. Just know that these nodes, the nodes get rewarded for securing the network for processing transactions. That's the easiest way to explain it. Fair? Now, there's public blockchains and private blockchains. We briefly touched on this in a, in a past episode, but I want to just cover it again. There's a public blockchain, which would be, you know, a, a decentralized type blockchain where anyone can participate. And we're talking about Bitcoin. So a private blockchain would be like within a company or within an organization. They can choose who comes in, who comes out. And you'd be like, well, doesn't that defeat the purpose of a blockchain? I thought a blockchain was supposed to be, you know, decentralized. It was supposed to be public. It was supposed to be for the people. Yes, when it comes to currencies and NFTs and um, proof of ownership, 100%. But within a company, if it's, you know, employee data, if it's, if it's supply chain, if it's inventory, then obviously it makes sense that I can't go and see their blockchain and be like, oh, that's their inventory, or oh, that's their staff. So what is blockchain generally used for? Well, we know about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the other currencies that are out there. Now, of course, when you go on CoinMarketCap, you'll see, I think, up to 20,000 different currencies now. Not all of them have their blockchain. We've, we've talked about coins and tokens and the difference between the two. I actually should look that up. I don't know how many blockchains exist, but it's it's a lot. We know about, you know, the, 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 the big ones, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Cardano. We hear about them all the time. They have their own blockchain. And now different tokens can be built upon that. And that's where you get all these other projects to make 20,000 plus projects. Fair? Used for, so we know about cryptocurrencies. There's, you know, used for assets. So I think the one we know most about is NFTs, non-fungible tokens. We generally know it as artwork, although that's not absolutely true. That can be memberships. That can be, you know, certain, certain uh, videos, basically just digital assets that you want to own. So there's proof of ownership of that asset. Fair? Now, this also applies to real life stuff, uh, real estate, vehicles, um, you know, I own real estate throughout the United States, and that is basically through NFTs, this fractional ownership of real estate. And the ownership is verified and, you know, forever written on the blockchain. 
and proof that I have, you know, five or 10% ownership of so-and-so address. So the, it's, it's, you can see how it's, mm, you know, blockchain technology is, simply put, the company that kind of sets up these deals doesn't have some central authority over the data. And so even if that company goes out of business or disappears or is wiped out, whatever, I still hold the deed for that piece of real estate. Or, you know, I own a fractional piece of that real estate. Unless I wanted to buy all of them up, then I would own that piece of real estate. Uh, also for smart contracts, we, we hear about smart contracts a lot. So it's an agreement between, you know, two parties are a party of one versus a party of 100 or whatever. That's also written on the blockchain. The agreement, you can, we're really starting to think of like a legal agreement type idea is written on the blockchain and it automates the legal contract. So it shows if this and that, if this and that, if this party does this, this party gets that. If this party fails to do this, then this party gets that. It's written on the blockchain. So when both agreements are met, the transaction goes through or, or if someone fails to meet a transaction, then the transaction goes through. So if I fail to repay my loan, you know, the collateral is, is, is my, my collateral will go back to the party, whatever the smart contract agreement was. Obviously supply chains, which is massive. Um, you know, sometimes a company or, or, you know, whomever's charge is going to wait days to get an update on the supply chain. And there's so many areas and, and so much room for error with a blockchain. It's updated real time, consistently, constantly. It's transparent, and anyone who needs to check up on the supply chain or is a, uh, is a, um, you know, is is responsible for whatever part of the supply chain that they're responsible for that they're monitoring. Uh, easy, you can check in, you can monitor it, you can track it, and. It solves massive problems. Uh, it's also for inventory. You know, usually an inventory update is being done by someone, and then it has to be sent over there. I used to work at Canadian Tire, which is like a Home Depot. This is, I was like 18 or 17. And theft, like internal theft, like it was like 60 or 70% of theft was through employees. Like it was internal. And you know, we would update the inventory at the end of the day, but that inventory wouldn't, like, it was just days, if not months before it was like, oh, you know, this inventory, we have less than it actually says we do. A lot of paperwork, a lot of computer systems, a lot of people it has to go through. But with blockchain technology, it would solve a lot of problems, and it does. A lot of companies use it now. And then voting. I think voting is a really cool one because there's a lot of fraud in voting. Not, not, you know, whatever country you live in, I'm sure, you know, whatever side of the political fence you land on isn't my, don't care. Honestly, don't. And I know we like to complain in North America a lot about corruption, and there is. There's a ton of it. But there's some countries, it's freaking, like, the entire country knows that it was rigged. It's evident. There's full proof of it. But they can't do anything about it. So again, just, just to recap here, at the end of the day, 
if someone asks you about what blockchain is or you have to explain it or you you're just you you hear it and you're like okay wait what's the fundamentals behind this okay blockchain it's a distributed we'll call it a digital ledger but it's a distributed digital ledger that stores data you can literally visualize it like a string of blocks that are holding the data and they're all chained together we can get into a little more details about you know that that the hashes and each block is precedes another block and those two are linked together forever and if i ever wanted to go back in time and try to hack or change one of the blocks i couldn't because a the network would reject it b i'd have to change all of the blocks that come after that and it would take so much computational power that it just wouldn't be worth it so the longer the blockchain is around the more secure it gets your data is secure and, and fundamentally, that's all a blockchain is. Instead of having one ledger that's constantly updated by, let's just say, you know, a bank, there's a distributed ledger with thousands or tens of thousands of people who have a copy of it. And every time a new transaction comes through, all of the ledgers are updated. It's transparent. It's trustless. And the, it brings the power, you know, so to speak, to the people. That's fundamentally what it is and if you start thinking of the applications of that when it comes to the tech when it comes to you know the giants who control so much of the data you can start seeing why web3 is so exciting and why there's so much innovation in web3 because people are ready for that they want that and as an investor there are there there are so many opportunities to get in on something that's solving a massive problem for humanity. It's been around for a long time and we're ready to solve it. We're actively solving it. And that's a big piece of what excites me about crypto, why we started Crypto Labs Research, why I love this space so much is it's so aligned with who I am and what I believe in. Freedom. Freedom to choose. Freedom to kind of see and have more transparency so I can hold you accountable. Freedom isn't just like running around naked shooting guns and stealing cars discipline equals freedom there's an element of accountability when it comes to freedom there's an element of transparency and imagine i i talk about this with clients all of the time is act as if there's a camera on you 24 7 hold yourself to that level of accountability who are you in private you're a better person for it. When left to our own devices, humans can sort of be nasty. And with a higher level of transparency, we can really weed out the bad players. And I think all of us have an element of corruption within us. But when we're held accountable, when there's transparency, our best selves show up. Not to get too philosophical or too life coachy here, but it's true. It's true. www.cryptolabsresearch.com. We've got a lot of stuff we publish uh, within this podcast. We do a Friday episode now that updates. It's kind of a market update, so tune in on Fridays. And of course, our crypto DeFi passive income program is booming. It is so much fun to run. It's so amazing to see people not just grasp this technology, grasp the blockchain, grasp you know, DeFi, decentralized finance, 
which is like blockchain and smart contracts married together, creating decentralized finance, all the way from lending, borrowing, saving, uh, where you can actually create awesome yields and earn passive income every single day. That stuff excites me. It juices me up. To me, it's a win-win. You're helping in the evolution of this space, but you're also making money and an income from it. Win-win. Portfolio allocation, you know, dollar cost averaging, reading charts, all that fun stuff within our program. So if you'd like to check that out, uh, it's fairly simple to get in on it. And that's just at CryptoLabsResearch.com. There's a really simple form application you just fill out and we'll get back to you with more information about our programs and how we run them. Check that out. Either way, really hope you enjoyed. And with that said, I'll see you in the next episode.